Hey there, my name is Linda Monaghan and it is my mission to help you grow your business, improve your life and find your calm, whatever that may be. Welcome to the Corporate to Calm podcast, where you learn from their experience. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. I am speaking to Susan McLaughlin, who is a change expert. She is into everything change. She is a consultant, a life coach, and an all-round amazing person. Can't wait for you to hear about her journey, which has led her all around the world and then back to Nace in Kildare. So please enjoy Susan McLaughlin's journey from corporate to camp. Hi, Susan. How are you? Good, Linda. Nice to see you. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Corporate to Camp podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll get straight into it. Tell me about you. How are you in this lovely space that you are in today? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thanks a million. It's a, it's a privilege to be invited on. I know Corporate Camp's going really well. So thanks for trusting me to be a guest on your on your podcast. Um, I suppose to tell you about me, I'm Sue, I'm Sue McLaughlin. I am um, the business owner of strive2thrive.ie and we mainly work in the field of change and transformation. So most of our work at the moment is in consulting. So we, we work within the capacity of change readiness, change leadership, change management, um, working with kind of C-suites and HR departments and then throughout the whole organization to focus on change as being a positive and, and seeing and, and that doesn't mean disregarding the negative but it just means really embracing what change could and can bring and where that impacts the people in the organization um, and putting in decent structures that have business sense but are people focused in order to um, adapt to change and, and become build a change culture really so that's the consulting side and and in order to help me along that way, I went and did a, co- a coaching course uh, a good few years ago and, and then did another course and then did another course. So actually, I, I do also coaching within um, mainly um, executive coaching, but specifically at the moment, team coaching and organization coaching kind of along that same change area. So that's where we are at the moment. Oh, very good. Very good. So prior to um, Strive to Thrive, tell me about uh, your journey to Strive to Thrive because um, for our listeners you're only back in Ireland pre-COVID post-COVID it's it's, a, it's L- literally a... just uh, the February before yes. before COVID hit I uh, I came back to Ireland so before that I worked for a company called Inditex so it's the umbrella company for Zara, Pull&Bear, Massimo, Bershka, Zara Home and um, so I suppose my journey always led to change because I worked as a, an international commercial director with Pull & Bear um, for five or seven years. I can't remember. Before that, I worked in the UK with them. And my whole role, of course, it says commercial, so it's about the sales. And of course, it's Zara, so it's about the sales day to day. But it's it was much more about building structures in individual countries so I would have been responsible for around 17 countries at different times so bringing the corporate structures to those countries and making sure that they were facilitary in the team and not kind of limiting to to the team depending on what the the strategy was 
and then kind of facilitating those international teams to build their own autonomy and build their own sense of direction and decision making and take opportunities that were available maybe uniquely in that market that wouldn't have been available in Spain. So and, and how to communicate that and how to then go ahead and build that kind of sense of ownership within the store teams and within the office teams. So my, my journey was always about coming in, assessing, working with people directly and, and bringing change or, or bringing that information back to the corporate head office and probably pushing them a yeah. lot to um, to open their mind because where the office is based was in, is in Coruña. It's a very, very small town in the north of Spain. And actually where Pull&Bear is based is a place called Ferrol, which is an even smaller town. So when you're based in that little kind of ecosystem, sometimes it, it takes people like myself to come and say, no, and let, let's think about this or let's think about right. this or we need that product or we have to change the whole strategy here because it's not fitting with the culture there or it's limiting the teams rather than helping them grow. And how how do these large corporations come about or they, they, they I, I know that the, the parts of the umbrella under this big corporation to be in these small villages in Europe like yeah. I, I, it's it seems bizarre <laughs> that they're not in a, a Barcelona or a Madrid or yeah well, well some of the brands are Bershka's in Barcelona and um, Asmodidi which was bought in um, is also in Barcelona I suppose, well, the reason it's in Coruña is really simple. Armancio Ortega is from Coruña and right. it's where he, he started the business and uh, he hasn't left. The Zara is is an absolute monster there. It's basically the, the main employer, um, along with a, an oil re- refinery. And then Farol, I don't really know why Pull&Bear went to Farol. I have right. no idea why it went to Farol, but it is literally a tiny little village. Um. But yeah, it's 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 there really for Matthew Ortega and now Marta Ortega runs the business. Amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. And you so you decided to leave that role at kind of start of twenty twenty, end of twenty uh, twenty nineteen, was it? No. Or was it, it? Was a good, it was a good bit before, before <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Just because it, it was it wasn't a, a, a spur of the moment thing then. <laughs> Um, it, it what it, yes and no to be to be honest with you. Um, I for around two years before that, um, I was I was getting anti fees as and I always wanted to change. So I I went from store manager into um country director pretty quickly from country director into international pretty quickly, and then in international I constantly took on different countries. Um you know quite quite frequently maybe every two three years and kind of in 2018 I was like like what what is there more to do of course I could take on another country and I could grow with that team and help that team and and they helped me in my learning but I was I was repeating nearly the same cycle so I was like okay do I want to go corporate or do I not want to go corporate and that means going into Inditex or into Zara itself um, and that's very difficult from the brand that I worked in. But also I, I was in, in kind of, I suppose I matured in my own values. I started with them when I was 26. At this stage, I was probably around 36, 35. And I was thinking, OK, where are my values at? Yeah. And why am I feeling such a, a disconnection from corporate? The, the role I had day to day, I loved because it was working with people. But I, I kind of had a, a value gap. 
And I didn't understand that until I went and I, I met with a life coach on the recommendation of a friend. And I tried to figure out why I was having this kind of feeling of being torn, but, but being very well paid, doing a, a job that I loved, but I still had this feeling of being not happy enough. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started the process to figure out, could I, could I bridge that value gap? Were, were they so different to the company or could I get them back on track? And ultimately I couldn't, I couldn't get them back on track. I was going down the, the eco kind of route of fast yeah. fashion is not eco. And what we had started, um, which is a thing called join life, kind of got watered down a little bit. So that's, that kind of kicked the legs from under me because I thought I could be able to catch on to something and, and that didn't evolve as quickly as as it as I thought it should have um so the decision was coming then I, I took on a four countries for a person that was on maternity leave and I was like okay I'm grand I'm distracted yeah. so I don't have to think about these values again but the second that stopped a year later was the September of 2019 I was like okay it's, it's coming back again yeah. exactly exactly so um I had a few chats with um with our team and and our senior leadership to understand how I could get those values back but because I still loved the job I did day to day but it just wasn't it wasn't possible for them because yeah. I was going in this direction and for me because there was there was just no way to claw it back so yeah in February I left it's so, it's so crazy to make a big decision like that because you do like the 26 year old, you probably think, oh my God, such a great opportunity, but it's amazing how you mature and how you kind of kind of go, okay, hang on. It's just, it's not marrying up. Um, when you came back to Ireland, obviously things were kind of in the ether for um, the pandemic and everything like that. Did you start your business straight away or did you kind of take a bit of time and, um, Take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the rest? Um, I didn't. I actually, um, I looked into, I, I'm I'm plant-based, so I, I looked into developing a business around plant-based, and, and I still kind of have something there, but I haven't really developed it out on scale because the consulting took over more or less straight away. Okay. The pandemic hit, and I suppose my background in retail and background in international business and at the time, Brexit was happening as well. So you have the double whammy of Brexit and um, COVID hitting small and medium-sized businesses. So I started to work with um, a consultancy here in NACE um, that was already linked with the Leo. So I didn't have to do the kind of tendering. Um, and through them, I started working with small to medium-sized businesses, just kind of getting them, getting a, a, a little bit of business continuity in the first wave of COVID and then trying to understand how they could reopen or how they could you know pivot their business a little bit to online and and get income and and different revenue streams coming in so from the get-go I I started with that with consulting and the business itself I only got around around setting it up um I think it was in November of, Mm. of 2020 just because we were so busy from kind of March through to November so I took a breath in November <laughs> and, <laughs> and did a website and I was like I have a business and then back to clients straight away. 
did you utilize any sources of help or did you just find that because of the situation that the world was in and Ireland that businesses just naturally needed this help um so so you found that business was kind of coming to you rather than you having to be out there yeah yeah uh, and yes and no so uh, a lot of the businesses came to me through um auxilia consulting which whom I still uh, consult with and and partner with on projects that they have um, so they fed me a lot of the clients. And then I suppose through that and through recommendations from that and through coaching as well, um, uh, uh, the private clients or the small, smaller clients came to me. And um, so I, I have to say in that first year, I didn't really have to go. Yeah, I didn't really have to chase, which has good and bad connotations, because then you arrive and kind of like all that that funding that came from the government dries up and you're like, God, I don't have a, con-, you know, I don't have a waiting list of clients here. So what happens is, is that my problem? Am I not doing a good enough job yeah. or whatever to clients that I wouldn't have had access to before? And from that, that built a reputation or started to build a reputation. I suppose. And what is your mission statement in in strive to thrive what do you, what do you kind of set we previously discussed values what what is the value around uh, strive to thrive yeah and and you know what because of this podcast i went back and i had a look at it because i haven't, I haven't <laughs> i'm terrible with my website i never update it um so i went back and i had a look because i know what my mission statement is is to be better and do better for my clients to go into every project with the idea of learning and and mentoring them to be at a higher level exponentially way after your your consultation period with them or your coaching period with them so it's really just to add value and significant value to put that into a mission I think I waffle there and I I need to review it I I love the (laughs) fact that I'm coming back and you know, because even with my values there, I had L mind, which was the 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 way I I put my values. But even that is too waffly. Like I have two values, just two values, and that's yeah. it. And it's growth and integrity. My mission is to to grow my own business, grow myself, and through that growth on every single project. And and growth doesn't mean the same in every single project, and it doesn't always mean financial gain. Even though as business people, we we absolutely have to provide um for our teams but it means in in mindset in in experience in connection for you to align your values back in 2019 you sought out a life coach did that kind of spur your interest in becoming one or well I suppose tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are so my friend was um who had told me about the the life coach um had decided herself to take on the the coaching course with um it's the ILI which I couldn't recommend enough so I had never had the opportunity to do formal education when I was with Inditex because I was traveling Monday to Friday from five o'clock in the morning till 12 o'clock on a Friday night. So there was no chance. And so when I came back, I was like, OK, I'm going to do something to change my mindset because I've been in this business for 13 years. So I need kind of a fresh perspective, even though, you you know, like yourself, you were in corporate, you would have constantly done one day, two day, three day training courses. But I need something, something to click. So I signed up, I think it was in February. Um, we, we had one session, one weekend together in together as a group of, of new coach trainees. And then everything else went online because COVID hit. My intention was not to coach at all. It was just to give myself a different mindset. And then I kind of fell in love with coaching and it mm. fell in love with me. And then I did a few more courses. And, and once I finished one and 
started to take on clients and, and saw that I was, you know, I, I had the acumen to coach. For me, it's about it's about trusting my client to to do what they need to do in that session. The thing I do is check in with them. So sometimes, um, and this can happen, it has happened, will happen again. My clients, I just need to vent. Sue, I just need to vent. So I'll be like, okay, so can you confirm the goal of this session is, and it will help you how to, to sit here for a yes. half an hour and vent to me. And they're like, it will, it will de-stress me. I will hear my own thoughts. So they name out a few things that how it will benefit them. I'm like, okay, great. The end, but they are going to have a result for them. <laughs> but I don't, the great thing, the coaching is brilliant because I don't do anything. They yeah. do it all. Like they, yeah. I don't give anybody a goal or one yeah. person said to me, what's my homework? <laughs> Which is so cool. There is no such thing as personal life or professional life. Or- yeah. It's creating, as you said, you, you've mentioned the word trust and it's creating a space for people. Do you have a coach? Yeah, I do. God, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and every coach that you ever deal with, if you ever deal with one, should be in coaching and should be in a coaching circle because if they don't believe in it. Tell me about your values now going forward. So we, we talked about you not being able to realign with your previous employer. Has it been any cases where you've gone, I can't work with this person or this person has decided they can't work for you? or with you because of their values has that experienced that (laughs) well thankfully nobody I don't think anybody has decided not to work with me (laughs) and as you can probably tell I'm fairly straightforward like I I do like academic learning but I'm a very practical person and I'm very um what you see is what you get I suppose people who don't like cursing tend to kind of at me because I I curse a lot Um, (laughs) there's nothing like being with somebody who doesn't curse and you curse a lot (laughs) and you realize I I make the disclaimer before I start working. I was like, by the way, this is part of the contract. Love it. If you like it, it, like it. If you don't, don't. Um, No, I'd have to say that one thing about coaching, and it's it's an annoying thing, but it's a great thing. If you see something in somebody else that kind of grates on you, sometimes I'm like, Jesus Christ, now I have to go and kind of investigate what's going on with me. But there's loads of people that I've worked with that have t- totally different values to me, really different values. Um, and, and I really enjoy that because yeah. in that the difference comes. I suppose the only value that I have twice I have struggled with. Um, and once I, I recommended that we, we didn't continue a working relationship was when somebody was disrespectful and um, so much so that it, it was bordering on abusive. Okay. Um, and it's not just you know you know cursing or whatever. I don't I don't mind or or facing something that I wouldn't have in my life like chauvinism or something like that. It's about sitting down and understanding or or having somebody understand your perspective and understanding them. But when somebody consciously tries to hurt or, or or demean somebody or I suppose it's you know what it is it's the meanness of spirit the right. conscious meanness of spirit and if I have a conversation with somebody and I express myself and they continue in that direction and um, maybe even more so it's like okay well that that's my boundary we've yeah. set it out clearly and you're crossing it again and again I've highlighted it to you you clearly don't want to take corrective action so my boundary is that that's where we finish. We didn't do it in a in a bad way. Yeah. It was quite amicable. That's we just mentioned boundaries. Like how how important are they to you? 
hugely hugely but you know what and it still gets me I don't know if it's the Irish culture or whatever um we all have boundaries but nobody talks about them and they assume that you know you should you should know this well how the hell even even in my partner like even with my partner that we know each other ages um I might decide on something but forget to communicate to him he's like how the hell did I know that a lot of assumptions about how people should deal with us Mm-hmm. And we make those assumptions based on how we would deal with them. Why didn't they know that? Well, you didn't yeah. tell them. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's exactly. so simple. It's so simple. What do you do to switch off for you? I switch off really easily. Yeah. Yeah, really easily. I I, I mastered this skill when I was in work with Paul because we, we used to work like I, there's no word of a lie here. Like I used to work 80 hours a week. Yeah. Um, because when you're international, you do. But the second I get off the plane on a Friday evening, like I learned after after 10 years, it took me 10 years to yeah. learn to switch off. Yeah, I, I don't have any uh, knacks now. I just literally, if I close the laptop or turn off the phone or whatever, that's it. That's I'm into my Brilliant. personal time and happy days. The only thing I find sometimes is um, switching off from social media like not from the business but from social media like I find sometimes I'm not present enough in my you know personal life or enjoying stuff but the the girls will even say if I'm in a conversation with you and we're in a pub the phone doesn't come out like it's about the crack in the banter yeah absolutely absolutely um what about habits for you like personally professionally is there stuff that you that's natural to you now because it's practiced is there other tips or things that you do for you that is you know it, it feels very natural now but it, it took practice at the start I suppose get, getting um getting tools that help me and not hinder me and getting software that helped me and not hindered me because there's so much choice out there and sometimes there's you know um you can spend so much time thinking about what is the right option but just make a decision on the best information that you have available and go with it and if you have to change it in the future you have to change it in the future but um, no decision is is never the best way forward because you're always kind of a little a little bit behind. Um, I suppose I have a habit every morning of just kind of ask myself, so what is the new information? Um, so we'd say this back in the stores. So you know, one day they'd have the shop floor looking amazing and it sold really well, and the next day it looked exactly the same, but it wouldn't sell as well. I'm like, right. okay, so what new information was around you that? could have helped you change that decision and I I always ask myself that every single morning because Jesus what's happened in the last few years the pace of business and the pace of change and taxation cuts and incentives or or what's happening with currency exchanges logistics it's it's so fast-paced so check in with the news once once a day and and, well twice a day once in the morning at nine and once again around six just to just to stay and then cut it out from then um, I suppose this, this has been, I'm not sponsored by them, but I should be. Um, I don't know if you have ever used it. They're remarkable. Yeah. It's... I, like, I would be lost without that piece of kit. Now, it's expensive, don't get me yeah. wrong, but um, it keeps everything there. Like, as a coach, I don't take notes of anything, but as a consultant, I take notes of everything. So all all my clients are in there. Um, okay. So no searching through notepads from 2020 or 2021 everything is there if I need to find it um, and that saves me time on my head 
it was like, okay, how am I going to get to read them and how am I going to get to keep notes so I could read them on here, make notes on here. So it was just, it was super useful. I found it really efficient and, and love it. And then any other habits? Tea. <laughs> you do love your tea. <laughs> I do love my tea. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I used to drink coffee good old when I was working internationally, but no, since I came back to Ireland, it's been the Barry's tea and that's it. You talked about your tablet and the efficiencies that it has given you. Is there anything that um, you've become efficient with throughout the day? Is there any tips and tricks you could give people or is it the tablet? Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose well, I learned this back uh, again when I was working um, in, in Indidex. Open an email once. If you don't have the time to read it, don't open it. Um, or I turn off notifications when, when I know I've a decent report to write or, or a good bit of research to do or an interview to have. Um, I turn off notifications so my WhatsApp doesn't, doesn't buzz between uh, in work time because if somebody wants me, they'll ring me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all my notifications are off. Open the email once. That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one that, that used to really like I'd open the email and be like, yeah, I'll do that later. So I'd have to put it back as unread. Yeah. And, um, ask questions, I suppose. So a lot of the times we're dealing with things for the first time. And many times we have a lot of stakeholders in, you know, sometimes two or three but then sometimes can be up to 15 or, or 25 depending on where those stakeholders are in the company so clarifying really who is the, the decision maker and asking a lot of questions at the beginning yeah and not being afraid because if you don't ask them you're making assumptions and if you're making assumptions and and it's not the right information well sure you're working on you know shit in shit out um yeah so it's it's being confident enough to say, can you clarify that for me? Yes. I didn't catch that correctly. Would you mind repeating yourself? Or I don't agree with you there, but help me understand your point of view so I can better understand the whole perspective. Or just to clarify, if I will have questions, is this an open space to ask questions? Because yeah. maybe it's not. You right. have to kind of guide that as well. To whom should I direct all my um, questions or responses or who will be my direct link on this? Um, because it could be that the person speaking has five minutes and can't, doesn't have time for your questions, but they have amended somebody for that. So just clarifying that before and then nobody will be surprised by questions coming down the way. Is there <laughs> anything else, any other projects in the pipeline that you can kind of talk about or not talk about or... Yeah, well, well, God, I'm working on this for a while and I should just stop procrastinating and just get it out there. I've developed a leadership course, but it's not aimed specifically at develop, you know, at teaching new leadership skills. It's aimed really at unlocking how to use your leadership skills that you have, how to hone them and maybe become more aware of how they impact yourself and others throughout the, the leadership cycle, but also to access them holistically throughout your whole life. Now, holistically mm -hmm. is a word that I would get shot for in most boardrooms. So that's why I say it constantly now. Yeah. Um, but we work a lot and it's, uh, like it happens a lot to me. Like, do I write down my, my professional values or my personal values? And I'm mm -hmm. like, ah, you're just one person do like you're one person you have one set of values and the same with our skills I used to compartmentalize my skills 
And I used to be like, okay, in this situation, I'll access my leadership skills or in this situation, I'll be a great communicator. Whereas if we just have one pot of skills and depending on the, you know, the situation, we can access them easily um, and we can understand that in work, there is experiences that can translate into our life um, and to how to, you know, how to access those skills more easily and develop the path. So I'm working on that. As you can see, I'm passionate about it, but yeah, I want to, I want to get that right and to yeah, work. And male and female as well. I think a lot of um, female entrepreneurs these days are like, oh, female, female, female. I am, of course I am, but I think you have to get male and female working together to, to break down this kind of gender gap still. I, that's, and that's such a good point because I think that women just gravitate towards women and it's it is it is very natural but you know and it, like that's the thing and it's not just men and women there's so many other people out there now as well like mm. you know that way so it's creating a space where everybody feels um say women don't shout about their achievements a lot of the but time I, I don't think men do either specifically yeah. I think they're you know there's still a, a huge unconscious bias in in loads of different ways and loads of different areas and it's an area that we would do loads of work on loads yeah. and loads of work on and um, and I nearly got the title of of hate or direction there a while ago I was like no no I'm more than that but like um yeah we work a lot in unconscious bias because it's so there's nothing wrong with saying it's no. there there yeah. everything is wrong and ignoring it but yeah like like a little a quick story like so there was a um, recruitment and retention package that we were working on and, and strategy that we were changing and we I was like okay have you ever done nameless cvs have you or or oh, yeah. list cvs or or you know what have you done really were the questions what have you done how have you how have you tried to bring more diversity and inclusion into them into the business so they had they, they were really progressive and sure they were working with me as well so they already knew that they wanted to shake things up and, yeah. and do things in a better way and um, and they were saying yeah we took the names off cv so nobody knew who was you know what gender or, or non-binary and um, i was like fantastic great and i was like introduced me to the hiring committee and i was chatting away with them and we were laughing and joking um, and i used to play hockey and volleyball and and i grew up with horses and they were like, no, they were cattle farmers. So they were completely biased against me, but in a jokey way. And I was like, yeah. I'm just going to highlight if a cattle farmer walked in here, you have an unconscious bias towards that person. Yeah. yeah. And what what was happening is the schools were still on the CVs. So they were still hiring from the pot wow. of, let's say, I'm just, it wasn't, so it, don't take my word. So let's say from UCD, they were only going to hire from UCD. So those people that weren't from UCD didn't even get to interview stage. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like no so, wonder you're getting the same person in the same role again and again because you're only hiring one kind of dialect. Anybody I love have that. A yeah. Yeah. It's like what yeah, it's like what should appear on a CV? Like and then it's like it's sports and hot you know, that's the thing. It is that kind it's like um unconscious bias, even with as you say, your your sports and your hobbies and everything like that. Exactly. And like, you know, of nationalities, like, you know, we're, Ireland's becoming more diverse, but like who had the opportunity 20 years ago to get into, let's say, um, rugby um, yeah. from from a, a minority background? Yeah. So straight away, if they weren't playing rugby, yeah, you've already got that bias going on. And it yeah. happens so much with golf and rugby. God, golf. it's still, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's still 
I swear we will we'll discuss it on the golf course, so will we? Um <laughs> tell me something that not a lot of people know about you. Hey, I'm quite introverted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Most people think I'm uh, I'm I think most people have a variation along that spectrum. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm quite introverted and I'm quite shy uh, mm. around around people that I know. I'm quite shy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The mad thing is like personality wise, I'm still on the verge of extrovert because we were doing personality tests in psychology. So we're um, reading better. But like in a, a group of people, I take a lot of energy from people. I do. But it has to be a group that I don't know that well. If it's a group that I know quite well or from childhood or that, or that I'll, I'll be the listener. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And that's, yeah, just demonstrating that there's always kind of two sides, three yeah. sides. It depends. It depends what, what what group you are actually in. I love that. Um, so a corporate to Cam, we're about taking a risk to create your own happiness. What would you say to somebody who is just on the, the verge of making a change, which is very, very, very convenient <laughs> very for you, very <laughs> apt for you, um, if they were making so. a change, whether it's change in roles or you know taking that leap to create their own business what would you say to them um I would say make a plan and have a conversation with the people that you trust around you whether that is whether or and family friends and in work and just to analyze how it would affect you what would be the impact Mm. um and and how you would uh best deal with that impact yeah um because i think a lot of people are looking to make a change not specifically because they want what is coming or what could happen but that they're not happy with what is happening now right and that's why i respect i really respect a lot of people who are brave enough to look at it and, and stay in the role, but restructure the role or, or restructure the organization or say to the organization, I'm not happy with this. This is not linked with my values. And it gives the opportunity to the organization to, to shift and to change and maybe to ask more people the same question. Because if we all make the change without discussing it with the important people first, then we're kind of islands. Um, mm. And that's where a lot of isolation can happen. If if all the information coming back to you is that this change is is going to bring you um, more gray hair, but uh, more um, centeredness, and and is really linked to your values, then just just plan how you're going to deal with when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. And if you can plan that in the calm moments, in the moments when things don't go perfectly to plan. You're centered, you know what you're going to do, you know how you're going to approach it. Yeah, and that's it. That is it. It is, it is about investigating. And every yeah. week we have an either or. So um, I have a couple of either ors for you. <laughs> um, tea or coffee? Mm. Tea. <laughs> Coaching or consulting? Oh, don't, don't. Oh, I love don't. the fact that I, I, I love the fact that I do both. I really, oh, okay. I thoroughly love that I do both. <laughs> um. <laughs> Kildare or um, Greece? <laughs> so just for everybody, my partner is Greek. So um, I would have to say Kildare in the winter and Greece in the summer. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Yeah, winter or summer, actually. Oh, I, uh, listen, I love a bit of winter. Like I love scarves and that, that, that. Um, 
oh, I can't choose there. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Well, I'd, yeah, no, it's not. I think I'd be wintered. You know what? At an absolute push, I think I'd be winter. But yeah, I love it. Like, I'm a bit of a skier and winter snowboard. people. Um, uh, <laughs> bubbles or bubble bath? Bubbles. Uh, a book or a podcast? Podcast. Uh, teaching or learning? Learning. And the slopes or the sun? Ooh, I would, I'd have to say the slopes for me, but I'm, I'm, with a Greek man so uh, my holiday itinerary would tell you the sun and is there anything else that you would like to share um I think we covered an awful lot geez we went everywhere didn't we uh no but it's it's been really lovely and I, I like I said to you uh, kind of before before we started I was like this is a great opportunity to have a look again at my values I know yeah. I, I work with other teams and blah, 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 but this was a moment to kind of sit down and say, okay, what are my values? Let's look at them again. So you will see the, the website changing <laughs> over the next few days and being updated with, uh, with this. So, yeah, no, thanks a million for the opportunity. I, oh, I know. Really with you and I loved where it went. So, Thank great. you so much. Yeah, it was lovely. Thanks a million. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Cam podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review. It really does make a difference or simply come back and listen to us next time. My name is Linda Monaghan, inspiring you to take that leap from corporate to CAM.